Right, we are back again with the Backstreet Boys. It, all right, it is the World Athletics Championships happening in London, where we are right now in the next few days. Lots to talk about over the next few weeks. Introduce ourselves today. So I'm, I'm Matt, me. I'm Jody. I'm Claire. And I'm Bayo. It's really weird when like the, the days are approaching. It's like yeah. going on holiday or something. And, like, <laughs> like the temperature like rises. It is like Christmas for us, isn't it? Yeah. And it's like it's actually about to happen any day now. And the weird thing is, we've never had a World Championships here. No. You know, we had the Olympics, you know, relatively recently, and that felt like a really big deal. But we've never, since 1983, the World Championships has never even come close to London because the one time we were about to have it, we cancelled, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> we shamefully cancelled. So. Pickets not. <laughs> we shamefully cancelled. So now we have a proper stadium and we can we can host it at last. It's it's really kind of weird. Like everyone's on Twitter's getting all excited. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's going to start descending on London very soon. The athletes are already here training, yeah. and I know some um, people in like Birmingham have bumped into athletes in the street. I'm sure the same is going to be happening in London. So it's something changes in the atmosphere. Maybe for us because we notice it because obviously it's an athletics event. But yeah, it's getting very exciting. Is, is the event it's, sold out or every I, every day? Well, they did, they released new tickets. So if they're releasing okay. new tickets, they're so desperate to sell them. Or? No, I think they maybe made some more seats available. Was I, my thinking. I, I think on the email that went out, it said something like all the returns have now gone back right. out to, to be sold. Okay, yeah. but they have broken the all-time record for number of tickets sold. They're pushing seven hundred thousand, which wow. apparently is by miles the most. Hang record, on, hang on, hang on. Record that they said. Hang on, I have an issue here. Mm. I'm sure it is the most tickets ever sold for a World Championships. But it, that's England. undoubtedly, no, because it's the bloody longest World Championship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, thank you, Claire. <laughs> now, I do, have, I do have an issue, okay? I'm sure, and that's absolutely the reason, they've sold those tickets and well done, I'm not complaining about that at all. But obviously, it would not be a backstraight boys unless they had something to complain about. So, I just want to say, I love athletics, you know, I will watch every last minute of it and I can't wait, but 10 days is way yeah. too long. I'm kind of exhausted just thinking about it already. Um, <laughs> too too long for what reason? It's just too long. You know, okay. you can't for, for the for my brain you know, yeah. for, for, to keep up with everything that that period of time. It also just means things like you know getting out of work, you know making sure you fit everything in and fit yeah. everything around it. Just becomes more complicated. Mm. Now I'm I understand why they do it. They do it for the more. Um, uh, sessions you have the more tickets you can sell the more money you can make from television totally understandable but back in the day a world championships would be seven days long it would start on Monday it would finish on Sunday Mm -hmm. and it would probably potentially have a a rest day in between remember they used to didn't they have a rest day Rome definitely had a rest day Um, and somehow they managed to fit it all in and now they're dragging it out for ten days and the the, the, the evening sessions all the sessions are really thin Mm. you know there's sessions where there's like four gold medals winning and they're not that interesting yeah. ones and things. For, for the amount of money you're paying, I think personally that you need to give people a bit more Well, I mean, that's why we... Well, I mean, one of the reasons... Two reasons. I don't want to go to every session. I like watching it at home. I like watching it for it. Like, so being there all the time is not necessary for me. Mm. But also, if you, the amount of money you'd have to spend to go to every session, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's astronomical. Yeah. And Whereas, again, you used to be able to go to a championship and buy a whole week's um, pass, pass yeah. but, but week pass for, and it was a lot of money, you know, you, you're talking like seven, eight hundred pounds, mm. but you could buy the whole week now. Best um, session. Best session. Berlin, yeah, best we tickets. had some best tickets. We literally were on, on, the, um, on the finish line, you know, for, for like about 800 pounds. A yeah. week, yeah. but I think a lot of people have spent thousands of pounds yeah. coming to London, so they haven't. That's what someone said to me. I'm okay. not coming to the Diamond League because I've, I'm two weeks later. I'm coming. I've spent mm. thousands of pounds on tickets. Okay. So anyway, that's enough of that moaning because yeah. we're, we need to be really positive. <laughs> to start hang with. on. 
and sorry, sorry, we're going to get positive, I promise. <laughs> but um, I know, Claire, you were saying a minute ago about the fact that the, the competition is longer, but the fields are smaller. Oh, so what yeah. What's happened? Well, they've reduced the size of certain fields. I know, for example, the men's high jump, yeah. according to selection criteria, they could have had, it's something like eight further athletes could have mm. managed the pool without even altering the schedule at all. And yet they haven't taken them. But well, what seeing... they've done instead is they've cut the amount of athletes. So there's only going to be 28 in the yeah, high yeah. jump yes. now. Instead of, it was supposed to be 32, mm-hmm. 36 people had qualified because lots of them had jumped to 28 yeah. and they were all ranked 32nd equal. So instead of selecting them all, they said we're not selecting any of them. Which is absolutely farcical because the high jump takes one area of a track that isn't being used for anything else. Yeah. It's not like it's taking up space. It's not like it's detracting from other major events because the high jump qualifying when they're going to get down to a final, it's going to take place on Tuesday morning at nine o'clock or something. Mm. Let them compete. And also, 228 is the qualifying. Mm. Last time there was a major championships in London in 2012, 229 got a bronze medal. Yeah. Three people got a bronze medal and they were... Um, Robbie Gobars, obviously. Barshim, who's gone on to be, and also. Derek Druin. Yeah, Derek Druin, who's the reigning world and Olympic champion. So imagine if, like. Yeah, give them a chance. Give everyone a chance. But that's a perennial thing for us, isn't it? Especially as field event criteria has been so incredibly high this year, we've all been complaining about the long jump, which is all the long jump qualification stands. I think we'd have got you medals in previous champs. So yeah, I think the fact that fields are being diminished is. Madness. Yeah, but we're going to come on to the um, the jumps and the throws later on, but we're going to chat about the sprints first, and I believe Claire's got a bit of a uh, rundown on what's happening in the sprints. I know there's uh... <laughs> That's right, we've got notes this Because <laughs> we need them. <laughs> I think, probably the way to do this, because God, there are so many exciting sprint events, I'm going to talk about the ones I don't want to talk about really quickly, and oh, then okay. open the floor up to the really okay. exciting ones. So actually the event that's interesting me the least this year is the Blue Riband event, the men's 100 metres. Because yeah. we've got a Jamaican that everyone's talking about um, because he's that Jamaican who shall go unnamed for now. And we've got someone else we're not going to name because he's a drugs cheat. We don't talk about him. He's On literally barred from the barred from the podcast. Mm. <laughs> so really, I feel if those two execute, this is a bit of a scrap for minor medals. Um, we've got... DeGrasse, who I think is looking really exciting this year. He's such a big personality. I think he's fabulous. I'd love to see him do well. But actually, um, Christian Coleman of the US, really exciting young talent. It's such a shame he's not going in the 200 as well. For me, CJ Uja is having a really good year. <laughs> so I read, so I read this, someone wrote this on Twitter the other day, and I'd actually had the same thought. It feels a little bit like um, 2003, where yes. Darren Campbell grabbed a bronze. Yeah. And it was like... And Kim Collins won. Kim yeah, Collins yeah, won. Yeah, I think yeah. someone called Derek Adkins was it? No, it was, no, it was, it was someone from Trinidad. Derek Eckers was 2007. Richard Thompson? No, it was someone I don't think we've ever heard from ever again. But it was, feels like one of those years. Yes, we've got the big two. We're not sure what form no, they're in. No. There's some other, and there's a lot of people very equal. And someone could nip a bronze, and I don't see why it couldn't be CJ. Yeah. He's been running really well, and oh, I think wow. he's, he's due a breakthrough. Just had an enormous sinking feeling when you said Kim's name because obviously he's finally oh. retiring after these champs. <laughs> he has been on the scene for so long now and he's just such a wonderful positive presence, such a consistent performer. It's going to be a real shame to lose him. The world leader, my thing is, Christian Coleman, steaming ahead there by absolute mile. Uh, this is something else I, I read on Twitter this morning that, um, no, I think it was our friends at Trackcastic said it actually, that, um, that um, Usain Bolt's 995 is the fastest by anybody outside of their own it country. It is, yeah. 
So it's, he's actually been, been able to translate the form mm. to somewhere else, which the Americans haven't done so far. What's yeah. also really interesting is, and um, we said we're not going to talk about this event, look at it. <laughs> <laughs> but if you look back at recent Olympics and world champs, the winning times have been 9.8 something. No one's actually won, won mm. in a very quick time. So it's about consistency and it's about who doesn't let the occasion yeah. get the better of them. And we know that ticket sales might be quite spread thin, but that evening is going to be a completely oh, full yes. house. Mm. With that many people watching, it's anyone's race. You know, mm. it's 100 metres. And that silver medal in 2003 was Daryl Brown. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Hi, my name is Kim Collins, and you are listening to the Backstreet Boys. No one since Michael Johnson has done the 200 or 400 double. And I say since, no one ever. Just Michael Johnson has only ever done that. And yet, we've got two fairly credible candidates, and both the men and the women for that. Yeah. We've got Van Niekerk, um, and we've got Miller, who oh, is just yeah. one of my yeah, <laughs> sprinters. Um, so for me, let's not really talk about them too much. But men's two and four, I can't look beyond Van Niekerk. Mm. He's such a consummate championship performer. He's bloody rapid. Um, we've got, <laughs> you know, the boy's got wheels. He's fantastic. And I, you know, he stunned us all last mm-hmm. year at Rio, and I think he's just going to continue to stun us for years. I'm, it's a crying shame there's no Karani James. Yeah, I think that's a rivalry for the ages. But in his place, we've got. Makwala from Botswana well, who's suddenly come onto the scene and it's right up there in terms of the time. The thing is with Makwala, he's been doing this for years. Like he runs these really fast times, usually in somewhere we've never heard Slightly of. Dodgy, yeah. And then he doesn't perform at the championships. This year he seems to have got much more consistent. Yeah. He's run incredibly fast. He really um competed with um it, uh, Van Niekerk the other day, although I think that was more Van Niekerk than a very so funny race. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, he does look maybe more consistent and maybe one to look out for for a medal. Normally I would say no, but yes, he does look more consistent. Men's 400 metre hurdles, I reckon Karen Clements, he's a classy act. He's going can to I just again. say about Karen Clement though? Oh, and no. I'm not interested in him until he can learn to hurdle on both legs. He's still how only... can you be like oh. world and Olympic champion on the fastest of all time and only hurdle on one leg? I mean, just think what he could do. But that's he... why he's so inconsistent. Yeah, absolutely. Because sometimes he just gets it totally wrong. Mm. And like you've seen him, like literally almost come to a dead, dead, dead halt. So even this, even this year, he's come like last and first, yeah. hasn't he? So he's ruined so many people's fancy athletics and <laughs> <laughs> predictions. <laughs> And then turn to the final men's sprint race is one that I think is really exciting, especially from the British perspective, now that Andrew Potsey has finally managed to keep his yeah. hamstrings glued onto his various joints. Um, <laughs> a absolutely fantastic men's 100 meter, yeah, really 110 have. meter hurdles race. We've got Omar McLeod, who I didn't realise he's the only man ever to go sub 13 and yeah. sub 10. What a lovely stat. Aries Merritt, <laughs> God love him, oh. and Potsey. And, um, Sergei Shevenkov, yeah. one of the seven Russians actually allowed to compete, which is an interesting one, reigning Olympic and world champion. And there's, I think also there's a, actually some people just below the radar in that event as well. You've got the French guys, there's another Jamaican guy, there's a South African guy, there's a whole, there's at least eight people I think could medal. So whoever's in that final is a potential medalist. You just want a good lane draw, don't Devin you? Devon Allen from the Americans, yeah, so there's, there's lots of lots of people there. Ronald Levi of Jamaica, yeah, so many people in the mix, but I think Potsy's looking really hot and he's got Consistent. such a good start on him with yes. that 60 metre pedigree so god I'd love to see him do well <laughs> to come out here when the season's best means I'm running into form at the right time uh, you know I could be more pleased every time I've run I've run a season's best pretty much so I'm, I'm getting there I'm getting there I'm not quite there yet but I'm getting there yeah and, and you, you obviously being American, you have to make it to the um, American trials oh, first, God, which, yes. is, <laughs> which in many ways could be like more, more stressful, it, I would think, than the chance itself. It's definitely more stressful than the World Champs or the Olympic Games. I feel like as an American, people don't realize the stress level of our trials because one mistake and you don't make the team and then you can't represent your country. It's just so much pressure. 
and I handle it just like everyone else, stressed out, not sleeping, you know, worried about the next round, and, you know, it's really tough, but, you know, I made it through the grueling rounds of the hardest team to make, so I'm really happy with that. There's been lots of sort of great um, champions from London 2012 here today performing really well coming into this championship. Does it make a difference that you did so well here, you know, for the Olympics last time? Does that make you want to sort of achieve better things here than, than the Virginia Olympics? Of course it does. You know, being here at the, at the London Olympic Stadium where I won Olympic gold, it just brings back such nostalgia. I'm just so happy to be here. The crowd here is always phenomenal. It's just an amazing crowd. Um, the fans... You know, the stadium is just such a fast track. You know, being able to run here and get my timing down, I still have a lot of work to do. I'm going back to the drawing board, getting faster. And so I'm just happy with that, that performance and still more work to do. Those are my thoughts for the men. Should we have a quick peek at the women? Absolutely. Go for it. Women's 100 for me, it's a three way Okabare, Thompson, Bowie. Oh. That's interesting. <laughs> oh, no. I think we've got those three and then a couple of other youngsters who are running sort of 10.8s, 10.9s, quite a few Americans in there. And then we've got three Brits. And this is one of the really exciting British fields because I think that Daryl, Desiree and Asher are all capable of dipping below 11. Yeah. And with a home crowd, good conditions, I would love to see all of them in the semis at the least. Yes. yes. And then going on and Completely. doing whatever they can. They're so young. It's interesting what you said at the Women's 100 because to me, Elaine Thompson just seems so far ahead of everybody else running in flats, etc. that <laughs> I kind of haven't really taken much notice of what's going on behind her. Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, there's people running fast. You know, Daphne's run fast, you say, and the others have Toulouse run fast, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, that's, that would be um, my... That, that's what I'm thinking, Toulouse, because she got two fourths at the Olympics, did yeah. she? And I can genuinely see maybe two medals this yeah, time now. She looks really consistent. Um, but I feel a bit like the women's a bit... The sprints just aren't exciting me this year at no, all. You know? I mean, overall, I'm not a huge sprint fan, but you get caught up in it because everyone's talking about it. But they're just... I don't know, some things, it's like a transitional period, I think. Something's going on, isn't it? Where it's just not, those rivalries hasn't quite formed yeah, yet. Yeah, it's not really. Right. One person's so far ahead of everyone else, then yeah. it happens. It's happening yeah. in the men's sprints until we have the, the person with no name coming back here. Yeah. But the thing is, with the men's sprints, you had that standout person who was he going to break a world record, and he's got mm. that massive personality. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. brings so much else to it. Whereas Tom's um, not, not doing that. And no, Elaine Thompson's not that exciting, and nor is Daphne Schiffer, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, no. great athletes, but they're not particularly Well, they haven't grabbed your imagination. Yeah, yeah. That said, we've just said it's quite boring, but my notes... <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk for another ten minutes well, about it. <laughs> my notes, this is a verbatim quote from my notes in front of me. Women's 200. Hot, hot, hot. <laughs> uh, so we've got Daphne Shippers, Sean A. Miller, Tori Bowie. They're all sub-22 runners. Obviously, Flojo's record isn't going to go, but I think this is going to be a really quick final. Um, Daphne Shippers, I don't think she's looked... She's looked bad this year. Yeah, she, she has. Heavy. heavy, tired. Maybe she's in a lot of training. Maybe she'll come out in like a week's time and be... A... She's done that before, hasn't she? She's yeah. come into a champs. She's kind of approached a champs looking tired because she trains so hard, but she's always tapered well. Mm. I'd like to see her come out. And then also... I mentioned to the Brits briefly, you know, Asha Smith, if she's coming back into form, God, it would be so good to see her perform well. Yeah, she, done, she got down to sub-23, she's 89, didn't she? Yeah. So it's all going in the right direction. And our past. own beloved podcast guest, yeah. Shannon Hilton, oh. who had, she's such a fierce competitor, she's going to haunt it more than almost anyone yeah. on that start line. Women's 400, for me, it's a straight shootout yep. between Miller and Felix. Yes. Felix has got such a chip on her shoulder, obviously. She, there was dive gate in Rio, and then she had a horrible US trial. Nothing went her way, so I think that's going to be fantastic. Women's 400 meter hurdles, that's going to be an American. I mean, Delilah <laughs> Muhammad and Shamaya Little, two of the biggest talents of the whole Having said that, they've come over to Europe since then and kind of bombed, haven't yeah. they? So um, that, that happens a lot sometimes when we have a great American championships and don't translate it over to 
Europe or yeah. to the Champions or to the, the World Tour Olympics afterwards. Alternatively, maybe they're just holding their fire and it will come good when it matters. But I don't think it's as close cut as saying it's going to be an American. Well, we had a little chat with um, Delilah Mohammed about that and she explained. So, Delilah, coming up with last year when you won the Olympics, you must have had big um, like expectations for this year's. But would you have expected the performances that happened at the World um, Trials, at the American Trials? Um, I don't know if I expected it, but I definitely hoped for it more than anything. I just, I knew I could run well. I, I started running really well at practice before, leading up to the, our championship, so I knew I was due to run a fast time. How fast, I didn't know. Cool. And obviously there's a lot of competition in America, and you, you, you have to peak for the trials, and then you come to Europe, and there's a little bit of a dip in form. Why is that? You know, I think our... America is just so strong in the 400 hurdles. You have no choice but to be at your absolute best by the time Charles comes around. And I think a lot after that, you have to you have more than a month before a real the real the real showdown. So you just have to give your body time to rest. So I think that's why you see kind of a dip off in time and just everyone just kind of resting up and getting going back to you know the basics. Now, obviously, the times that you ran at the American Trials. We're all looking at the world record and thinking, is that something you can break? It was broken by our own Sally Gunnell in 93 and by America's Kim Batten in 95. Um, it's now held by Yulia Peshonkina. But is it something you think you can challenge? Um, I think so. I ran that 56, I mean 52-6, fairly comfortable, I felt. So I think just finishing up stronger, um, I think it's definitely possible. I'm kind of shortening the race slightly for my final sprint preview. It's the women's hurdles and Sally Pearson is back and she is running fast and she is looking smooth um, and she's 100% going to upset the Stars and Stripes party, isn't she? Um, I think Kendra Harrison is a phenomenal athlete who looks like one of the biggest nailed on favourites for the championships but she has a horrible championship record yeah. um, DQs and like falling over and all kinds of stuff not getting through the trials yeah um, now it's one thing I mean she, she seems a different athlete these days so you know the, the likelihood is she's going to run faster than everybody else and win but do we, she hasn't really been tested in that environment where you've got a seasoned champion like your, your Sally Pearson you know who's not having it not going to let you have it all your own way yeah. it could just be that Kendra runs and wins, you know. But if Sally's anywhere near her, you know there's going to be that. But if you have someone come up on your shoulder, I mean, it's a world of difference. It changes everything, doesn't well, that's it? That's what happened at the London Diamond League. Sally yes. got out. She was much closer than Kendra's normally, and then Kendra hit a hurdle. And I think she tried to say, actually, we had a little discussion with her, didn't we, about? And she said um, <laughs> that oh, she just knocked a hurdle, and that's why. But she knocked the hurdle because she's under pressure. And Sally's not going to make a mistake. And she's got a great start, not quite as good as Kendra's maybe, but she's got a great start. And if they're in the lanes next to each other, I think anything could happen. Well, let's hear from both of them. I'm here with Sally Pearson, rounding into form at the right time. Um, this is looking great for the World Championship. Yeah, it really is. I, I knew I was in this shape. I mean, I ran 11-2 at home a couple of weeks ago in the 100 metres. It was just a matter of being able to then put that into rhythm over the hurdles, and that's not easy to do. But uh, and this time around, I... Um, I used the, the faster girls as a motivation. It's like, okay, well, they're fast, but you've just got to go with them. You stay with them for as long as you can. And that really worked for me today, and I was really proud. And you have that experience. You, you, you've won everything there is, and Kendra Harrison, who's like been the um, sort of the dominance on this on the circuit for the last sort of year or so, really hasn't um, done what needs to do at champs before, which is exactly what you know how to do. Yeah, I mean, 
she's been fantastic obviously with world records and fantastic fast times and I mean that's put a lot of confidence back into our women's event knowing that we can run those times but you know at the end of the day it's about being able to do it at the right time but I think she's starting to learn that now she proved that at the, the national championships coming away with the win and then also still showing strong form through the season so still got four and a half weeks to the world so what well, we race at the world it'll be interesting to see what happens but I think you've probably given her a bit of a scare there. You know, people haven't been that close to her in a while. Coming up to the world, you know, that's going to be in the back of her mind, isn't oh, it? I think I gave myself a bit of a scare. <laughs> I'm going to try and get over that now and try and calm down. Still got a little while to go and, yeah, I'll just keep working my ass off. Well, let me say, everyone here was screaming for you. Oh, Seriously, you. they were, including some very famous athletics names. We're going, go on, Sally. So oh, I think you've got nice. the whole athletics world behind you. Kendra, well done today. Another win. Thank you. You make a habit of winning everything on the Diamond League <laughs> and running really fast times. And congratulations also for getting through the American Trials which is I think the hardest race of the year yeah um, you know now I'm making a team last year I knew I had to go to USA's and uh, overcome that and even though I had the bye I just knew um, if I didn't get over that hump then it could still be my mind but I'm just so glad I was able to go there um, you know it was my first race back from breaking my hand so a little pressure but uh, I trusted my training I trusted my coach and you know I'm just glad I'm running fast yeah. well you're running very fast and usually at the Diamond League we see you way ahead of everybody you had a little scare today <laughs> yeah I hit one of the hurdles really fast um, really bad and that just shows that I was going fast I was at a fast tempo past fast uh, pace and you know my trail leg was lagging so you know I'm definitely going to go back and train hard and, and fix that and uh, more fast times to come. We just spoke to Sally Pearson who is coming back into form at just the right time and she's famous for getting out very fast as well just like you. Was it a little bit of a shock to find her so close behind you? Um, not really you know she's a gold medalist so you can't count her out you know um, for me to hit one of the hurdles and to see her right there uh, you know, I just gave it everything I had, and um, I'm just glad we both ran fast. And, of course, Sally has won the World Junior Olympics, and your um, championship record hasn't been as good as your, your record on the, on the, on the circuit. Yeah. So are you going to put that right in London 2017? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people forget that I'm young, and, you know, some athletes can go out there and get it done the first time, but for me, I like to learn. And, you know, I'm not repeating what I did the year before or the year before that. So, um, you know, I think this is my year and I'm just so excited to come back to Worlds. Now, I've been going through the jumps, um, but all season nothing's really caught fire apart from the women's high jump. I mean, Lassie Skeiner is so far above everybody else. Lassie Skeiner, I think. <laughs> three times faster. Lassie Skeiner. Lassie Skeiner, Lassie Skeiner, Lassie Skeiner. Anyone there? From- from um, Lithuania, would her, her name come from? Um, <laughs> anyone who's can phone me or phone in, tweeting and, tweeting and telling me I'm talking rubbish. Um, she's like, she's stuck to at six, no one else has done over two metres. I mean, she should, could easily win by five, six centimetres. Yeah. It, it might even be that no one else goes over two metres. Um, which, considering what happened last year at the Olympics, you know, it shows that the, the event hasn't really changed. And of course, she wasn't she wasn't there. Um, there's a few people underneath her: Ashley Cunningham, um, Lishvenko. Is that how you pronounce it? Lishvenko. Um, young Fleisch. Um, but you know, it's going to be a toss up for those other medals. But what's it, what's is kind of cool is that um, we've got Cats doing the high jump. Yes, and so is Morgan. And Morgan's done one ninety six this year. Cat's done 195. Both potentially, I think, can jump a bit higher. They're, I mean, they're ranked, I think, around 10th. So it's just for us, it's just nice to have some high jumps. We haven't had high jumps for years. And so. the other interesting thing is, do we know if 
TM is doing the high jump or not? Oh, because last point. year, both Kat and TM jumped higher than the gold medal winning in the, in yes, the, in the Olympics, did. didn't they? Um, it'd be very interesting. They may have both clocked that and thought there's another medal to be had here. So we'll see. Um, the men's high jump, oh, isn't it interesting how some years an event like is just the best event? It's happened um, in past years with the, the high jump. Was it 2014, was it, when everyone was jumping over 240? Yes, exactly, yeah. And then we've had it um, in the, the triple, triple jump, jump, which again, we'll come to it in a second, but it isn't as good as it was that, that, that particular year. Um, but this year, the men's high jump is like, Barshi's on 38, and then we've got lots and lots of people, I won't bother mentioning, but lots of people around the 32, 33. And it's just, I think a medal could be won, you know, in those low 30s. Robert. Grabbots, absolutely, I and mean, fingers crossed he, he mm. does it. But they're all, they're all kind of around that same... Yeah, and there's no one consistently doing one or the other, you know. There's a whole host of names. It could be one of about ten people with the medals come come from. This is Aries Merritt, and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. Interestingly, the, um, the long jump is perking up a bit. You know, it's yeah, been in the doldrums for a long, long time. Not that we've minded, you know, because Greg's won everything there is to right win, which is fantastic. We've got two South Africans this year, um, Manyonga and Samai, who've jumped, what, 40, 65 and 49. Um, now, initially, I think I'm correctly saying they jumped it in South Africa, so we were all just totally dismissing it. <laughs> we always get those like those um, altitude ones, that like, or wind reading ones that you kind of ignore, and then they came to Europe and kind of continued the good form. So that'd be super interesting if they can go all the way through to the world. Um, there's a couple of Caribbeans in there, but the Americans, you know, we've got Americans jumping, the reigning Olympic champions American, but something's happened to the American long jumping in the last sort of decade or so, hasn't it? Because we used to have people popping out 60s, 70s, even 80s, you know, every year. And nowadays, it's just not happening. So. Jarian Lawson, who's a lead one there in the long jump, 833 this year. Yeah, but see, that's the lead one at America, at 833. That yeah, would exactly, be, yeah. that would rank you like probably fourth or fifth in other years in the past, yeah. wouldn't it? So, I don't know, maybe they're having a bit of a transitional period there. The women's long jump is an interesting one in that no one has done much. I mean, Brittany Reese is the... The you know, prohibitive favourite, I suppose. She's jumped seven thirteen. She but, usually wins. Um, Tiana Madison is just behind her in the rankings. Other than that, I don't think anyone's. It's like one woman in the night, Crystal Netty in the nineties. Lots and lots of them in the eighties. Mm. Again, not really come to life. And the That's, big shame here is mm. Spanovic jumped so far indoors. Yeah. She seems to be injured, or she got injured in um, in London. Um, and so it's kind of a bit up in the air as to whether she's going to be competing there or not. Certainly mm. at her best. But from a British perspective, um, the long jump's quite exciting. It's nice to see that Jasmine and Sharma actually got in eventually. Yeah. But I think this year they're not on great form. But um, Lorraine Ugan, Ugan, 6.98 indoors, is definitely in medal contention. 100%. There's, there's lots of people in medal contention there. Um, but again, as I say, it just hasn't kind of caught fire this year. And it's a real shame Spanish may be out. Mm. Um, okay, on to the triple jumps. Um, now, wildly different things going on in the yeah. men's and women's triple jump here. <laughs> um, Katarina Bergwam has been the number one for like, what, the last four, five, four five. six years maybe? Mm. Um, she's got proper competition this year from Rockass. Um, but the event is, oh my God, what's going on? It's like no one can crack 15 metres when people were cracking 15 metres 20 years ago. You More know, than world, 20 years But the world ago. record's from 1995, Five. isn't it? I mean, it's ridiculous. Now, obviously, we, we love her. You know, she's fa- fantastic at Bob And she's jumped, she has jumped long in herself, you know. So we're not criticising her as such. But you would think there'd be uh, lots of other people coming through. But it's not even so much the top two. The top two are fine. Like, they, they like they 96, 86, yeah. you know. But it's below that. Oh. Like, it's 14, 20. It's not people, mm. people aren't jumping people those kind of times like, anymore. In, in, um, 
in Diamond Leagues. <laughs> in Diamond Leagues, people are winning Diamond Leagues in like sort of 14, 40 and things. It's just, yeah. just you could see it a good Southern Athletics meet on the At the British Trials, we bumped into Ashley Hansen. Yes. Which was lovely to see. I haven't seen her in 10 years. And she, her, she jumped 15, 16 back in like 2000, just before. She was a world indoor champion, the European indoor champion, Commonwealth champion, European champion. And the times, the distances that she was jumping would be winning everything. Yeah. In my head, I, I, have a, I always think cutting some events at athletics won't do it any harm. And that's one of the events, potentially, that it would be, if it came down to a cull, that would one, uh, that was declining, I would think, personally. But the thing is, what I cut. would say is that I think that... Cut his face, he's astonished at me there. But, uh, I'm going to cut the 1500. Yeah, I thought you dare. It's the flagship event of the whole championship. I have to say, from what you're saying, but I do think Yulima Rockass, I think she's going to be the saviour of the event. Absolutely. When she gets it right, she's going to jump 16 metres, and I don't even, I'm not even exaggerating there. She has no hop. She's an, it's an absolute... She's it's like, it's, it's total, <laughs> raw <laughs> total raw <laughs> talent. Total raw talent. It's basically a long jump. Well, she's six foot three, and every bit of it is like gangly legs all over the place. You know, she is. She, who's she's her Ivan Pedrosa. So clearly, she's got someone who knows what they're doing. And she's long jump fourteen meters. <laughs> but she will get it together one of these days. And she's what twenty twenty one. Yeah. Um, one of these days, she's going to jump out of the pit. Right, so I think it's in safe hands. The men's um, triple jump is the exact opposite. We've got two people over eighteen meters. You know, so it's the exact opposite of how. It is more than women's is, and also so that's the Christian Taylor, Christian Taylor, <laughs> Christian Taylor, and Will Clay. But also Pichardo came back. Can't so, compete. Can't compete. No, he's left Cuba and he's going oh. to Portugal. Yeah, but they can't transfer. No, I heard that. Oh, he so time for the transfer, didn't he? He's he not, like left Cuba but hadn't finished. Yeah, he's not in the right yeah. list. Yeah. And now, apparently, you've got to live in Portugal for six years before you can compete for them. Six years? He hasn't thought that through. No, he's basically retired. retired. No, no. <laughs> he's just retired. <laughs> so weird you said that because I'd actually read that information and it just had not registered in my head that it was him. So, okay, so Will Clay and Chris, um, Christian Taylor are pretty much head and shoulders above the others. Yeah. Um, but there is probably some, some competition maybe for um, Christian Taylor Real well there's a great new Cuban I don't, know what it, I don't know what his name is but there's always Andy good, Diaz there you go that's the one there's always a good um, Cuban, good Cuban about and um, Max Hess <laughs> Yeah, totally. jumps very well indoors, but doesn't seem to be able to get it out together outdoors. Yeah, but Clay and Taylor are like in the 1790s and the 1880 meters, aren't they? Just a speedy sort of narcissistic line. But I've just got back from being in Cuba for oh, three yeah. weeks, <laughs> and I have an absolute obsession with sports stadiums because I work in them. I spend my whole life in them, and I made it my mission to find a good Cuban athletics track to take a picture of and show you guys. There aren't any. <laughs> I I couldn't for the life of me find a track that wasn't sand or kind of rubber matting and there was one that was 350 metres and somewhere that the long jump pit was a mat rather than sand and the facilities there where are these jumpers coming from they must all go to colleges in the States no, no. they don't actually some beaches though but what this tells you <laughs> is, a lot of sand but what yeah. this does tell you is that talent and good coaches don't need expensive equipment yeah. and all mm. kinds of mod cons mm. but the basics they learn the basics from a very young age they're strong, they've got great it's technique. Mm. So uh, that's something that you don't need great equipment to do. And I think you've got good weather, so it's not, don't, you're not yeah. um, like we do here, like in snow in the winter. <laughs> but um, that's very interesting to know. But yeah, it's so interesting hearing you say, oh, there's always a good Cuban. And I've just seen the facilities that they have at their disposal, and it begs the question, how? Well, talking of that, the reigning um, women's pole vault champion is Yaroslav Silva from Cuba so God knows how you did, did pole vault did you win vote. last time? 
Yeah. I only know it because I happen to be looking out for like five minutes. Seriously? Um, <laughs> wow. I would have said she wanted 2011 or yeah, something. Okay. Um, but how you going to do a pole vault in, in, in those conditions, I don't know. Um, the women's pole vault this year, I mean, Stephanie looks the favourite, the reigning Olympic champion, yeah. but there is such close competition. I was looking it up earlier and the rankings at the moment go Stephanie 85, I should say 485, um, Sandy Morris um, 84, um, Jen... Um, Sir. John Sir, sorry, um, 83. Uh, McCarthy <laughs> from New Zealand, 82. And um, Silver, 81. And so what's Holly's done? Holly's, Holly's done, yeah. yeah. The well. yeah. As well. yeah. So Pretty there's a big queue coming behind them, um, Stephanie D. She does seem to be the favourite because she's yeah. the most consistent, but like, um, there's a lot of people there who could get a middle. So I'm here with Olympic silver medalist Sandy Morris. Last year, was the, I mean, it wasn't the first year we'd heard of you, but it was the first time you really came to prominence, winning an Olympic silver medal. Yes. Um, how was that experience? It was absolutely phenomenal. Um, 2015, I graduated from college, so I was fresh on the scene when it comes to the Olympics. It was my first experience, and um, you know, I went out there with the goal of meddling, and I knew I had a really good opportunity to do that. But there are so many women, there were and still are so many women that are jumping extremely high. Um, I think there's a whole wave of women's pole vaulters coming out that are just, I mean, phenomenal. So I knew that I would have to go out there and really be on my game. And 2016 was amazing. Um, indoor season really set me up to jump high outdoor. I had a bit of a, a bump in the road when I got a small wrist fracture back in May. And that was like, you know, seven weeks before our trials. So I had a lot to overcome, but I overcame that and went out you know down to Rio and, and was able to come away with silver so it was a dream come true and of course after the um, Olympics you actually jumped over five meters yes. which was so significant um, was that obviously that's a goal for any any pole vaulter do you think that you can get to the world record I do believe that I will break the world record at some point in my career. I don't know Good that I don't know that it'll be this year um, or next year, but I, I hope I can put it together before I'm done. I mean, what an honor it would be to be able to say that I've jumped the highest in history. Um, just being able to say I'm third highest in history all time is phenomenal, and to see my name right there next to women that I grew up watching on video, you know, watching Yelena, watching Jen Sher, watching their technique and aspiring to be like that. And so now whenever I look at, um, you know, on paper, my, my name with five meters next to it, I get chills because it's kind of hard to believe what I've accomplished so far. And um, I'm still young and I know that I have many years ahead in this sport. So my main goal is just try to stay healthy and, and jump as long as I can. So obviously this year you've not really you've not been in five meter form yet. Yeah. But what are your expectations for the World Championships in London 2017? I expect to have a really good chance at winning. Um, this season indoor, I kind of struggled a little bit with some back and ankle stuff, and I'm I'm done with that. So I feel like right now I'm kind of getting in a rhythm. I've got a couple of bars over 480, and I've had some really solid practices under my belt. So really, right now it's going to be just tweaking little things to get back up in the 490 range, and I mean pretty much a first attempt at a 90 bar will win almost anything so that's my goal like in practice um you know just get over 90s in practice and, and it's so much easier in practice for everybody you know you put the bungee at 490 you jump over it without touching it and you're like why can't i do this in a meet well there are a lot of a lot more elements you have to deal with in competitions whether it's wins you only get three jumps in practice you can take as many as you want um and the stress so um that's my goal just get confident get consistent and be able to put that 90 bar together at world championships well, i think i speak for 
all fans when we say we would love you to break the world record. <laughs> Just going to leave it there. One event which has been of really high quality over the last few years, um, there's been one major star, Renaud Lavigny, who um, can't seem to win a world championship. <laughs> He's won Olympics. He won the Olympic silver last year. He's won everything else multiple occasions. He has not yet won a world championship. I think I'm correct in saying he's got four bronzes and one silver, I think. Um, it looks like he may not be winning this year either. He's just not consistent, you know. He's jumped 587, which is great. Uh, but Sam Kendricks is over six metres. Um, Duplantis, Duplantis, he's like, what, 18 or something? Um, he's jumped 590. Yeah. Wojciechowski's done 93. Um, it's not that Reynolds won't win. It's not that he can't win. It's just consistency is not there this year. He's all over the place. But there's, it, it, there's always been the way with him. It's almost like he can't jump well without some failures first. Mm. Like, he's not consistent. He always fails at lower heights. It's almost like he needs that motivation to get over the higher heights. There's a lot of messing about with him and coming in, happen, and, and coming in late and stuff. But I, I don't know. It seems like maybe he needs to see a sports psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> he always comes in off funny run-ups and he changes them across the competition. He changes poles at heights. He's, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of fat. It's been quite, <laughs> quite good over a period of years, though. No, so he like, has, but he could have been a high he, chance he might pull it together this time round. Absolutely, and I hope he does. I mean, I think I don't. Think there's anyone who dislikes. Um, no, 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 I want him to win. I want him to win. But I just think a little bit. A little bit less faff, but it's very emotional, doesn't yeah. it? So it's like it's bursting into tears and stuff. And I think that kind of emotion is what what propels you to great, literally great heights. Yeah. But also, I think it could be counterproductive as well. He's a six sixteen jumper. You know, he's jumped yeah. higher than anyone ever. And mm. when he does do those high heights, it, I've never seen anything like it. He just looks like sometimes he goes over the bar at five ninety, and it's like. You've got 30 centimetres, like, what is that? It's bizarre to watch. But then you can't do the next height, it's very strange. Right, okay, on the distance side of things, I'm going to go into a little bit of a... Uh, I'm kind of focusing on the British runners, because that's the kind of focus. Because that's all yeah. you know about them. No, no, I know about <laughs> Alright, so you can name all the Kenyans in the... In the... No clue. Exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, <laughs> In terms of the Brits in the 1500 metres, which is my favourite event, yeah. um, Chris O'Hare has been having a fantastic yep. season. Every race he does, he looks like he's going to win, and he has been doing in the Diamond Leagues in the last couple he, as well. That, that change of pace he it's had, ridiculous. it was ridiculous. I've not seen that from him before. It's he genuinely feels, for the first time, possibly since the 80s, and I'm not comparing them to you know, Seb Cohen, Steve Crum and that, but I feel like we're going into a championship with people who've genuinely got sort of yeah. little chances, you know? I, I do um, generally think Chris O'Hare's got a middle chance. Mm. I, I'm obviously in the women's side of things, Mir's got a middle chance as yes. well. Like, and I always think, yeah. especially in middle distance races, there's always a random bronze. Always a random bronze. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally Nick Willis yeah. will pop up and get a bronze. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, he'll probably get the bronze. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> written in there. No, but, yeah, obviously there's a lot of young Kenyans popping through in the 1500 metres and the men's side of things, especially the 228, the last Diamond League there, was a fantastic run by the young athlete. I can't pronounce his name. Manangoy. Manangoy, yeah. And we got Cherius as well. But yeah, in the men's 1500 metres, it's always up in the air. There's no yeah. standout characters. Kip Rop's not having a great season. Well, when does Kip ever have a great season? Yeah. It's like, this is the problem with, with the 1500 I've found over the last few years. Apart from Kip Rop, there hasn't really been those people no that can cling on to. There's no consistency. Yeah. Matt Centrovic, you know, got one last year and he's got medals in the past. But um, you wouldn't expect him to win last year. You know, it was kind of, no. kind of a... But kind he's of tactically deal, wasn't it? very good. Tactically very brilliant. Good. And that's what a lot of the Kenyans aren't no. in a championship but there's race. But there seems to be such a high turnover, turnover with Kenyans, doesn't there, that you can't kind of 
grasp what individual people's um, yeah. tactics are because you don't necessarily see them. Also, Kiprock can be such a lazy word. Oh, oh, yeah. It drives me insane. And sometimes <laughs> it completely proves his undoing. Several times mm, I've seen yeah, him. Lots of times. Yeah, seen uh, him bet, come down the back straight, yeah. sitting in ninth. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter that his legs are about a mile long. His legs are too much. <laughs> There's a point in time where he could do that because he was that good. Yeah. But but now, not so much. Like, and if it's a slow race, the Brit or her has got a massive chance. And in the women's side of things, uh, Hassan. I, I, yeah, I she looks like run. a different athlete this yeah, year. Yeah, I think she's fantastic this year. I think she's going to win. Who's but, she training with now? Who's she training with? You know this. Go on. Yeah, Salazar. Salazar. Yeah. Ah, that's interesting. Um, that's why I improve. Yeah, maybe she's got amazing. thyroid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a newly diagnosed thyroid. I didn't realise she was Salazar. You're smiling at me there. That, <laughs> can, can you describe that smile in word format so we can discuss what you're thinking? Enigmatic. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Hassan and Salazar are uh, leading the rankings this year, so they might have, might have a good chance. But, of I mean, whatever, whatever we think <laughs> of that, she's also changed her, her tactics. tactics. Yeah. Much smarter tactics now. She's got a change of pace, which maybe she's always had, I don't know. But yeah. tactically, these races, I think people concentrate on running so much, yeah. they don't know they don't what tactics. And especially on the, on the Diamond League, where you just have to follow a fast pace and kick off the end. Yeah. And this was Laura's down undoing last year. She's not got that change of pace that the others, has to go others have got. So she's got to find a tactic to work for her. And it's a very difficult one because the level of competition is, yeah, that's is the ridiculous. Yeah. Kip Yegon against Zebby de Barber. Yeah. And then obviously, like Mio in a slow race, I think she's got, uh, sorry, no chance at all. No. But in a fast race, she leads it out. You never know. But like, she is, might scratch us at bronze or something. It's not going to be a slow race, is it? Because Laura yeah. ain't going to let it be a slow But not so. just that, you've got Klosterhaven as well, mm, who's yeah. another one who is not going to allow it to be slow. But she is yeah. just so exciting. Like, yeah, yeah I love watching that young woman to, to burn out, you know, to stop delivering on her youthful promise, but she just hasn't done. At every level, she's acquitted herself amazingly. Hi, I'm Sally Pearson, and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys. Semenya, I, I, what do you guys think about the age of women's energy meters? Well, I mean, Semenya, Nian Sabo, A.G. Wilson's thrown her hat in the ring. The girls, yeah. <laughs> Hassan. Yeah. Hassan, is she doing the... Uh, yeah. Didn't Hassan did push Semenya really hard Didn't a couple of weeks yeah, ago? Yeah. And, and A.G. Wilson she did as well, they've won 155. But they've both... Uh, Casta Semenya's doing the 1500, apparently. And also... No. Yes. Really? <laughs> and no. Hassan obviously will do the 1500. And the 1500s are before the 800. Oh. So that's very interesting. I, I mean, everyone always says, oh, Semenya's not trying. She was definitely trying in Monte Carlo the other day. The thing is, people say she's not trying. She's won the exact same way since we first mm-hmm. saw her in 2009. Yeah. It's not like she's suddenly changed the tactics. And so when Alison Wick Felix runs for that, people say, well done. Yeah. So <laughs> she's got a, a 4.16 season best caster Semenya. She ran one race this year, probably over 1500 metres. She ran 401 a PB, so she obviously got the pedigree there, so she yeah. can do it. I mean, I don't think I've, I've, she's good. Imagine the country will pick her no matter what. I don't think she's good that good over 1500. I don't think she's a, I don't think she's a medal contender over 1500, but who knows? Not if yeah. it goes out hard as well. Yeah, it's going to be a Laura Muir race. You wouldn't fancy Caster in that. But, but yeah. what I love, people have been complaining. You know, we won't get into the whole thing, but about Caster and some other um, women as well over the last few years, saying like it's unfair and no one else has got a chance. And suddenly, you find people being pushed to get to that. They're not mm. they're not running so fast. People, women were running this fast, you know, yeah, 20, 30 years ago and not all of them were on drugs, you know. So 155, 156. 155, 156. Exactly. 155, 156 is that women should and can run. Yeah. So I've got no time for this kind of, oh, they're not able to win anymore. Yeah. Run faster. You know? <laughs> but seriously, if you run faster and then you're having, and you're pushing these other women to like the 52s, then you might have a point, but you're not. All the time you can't run a 56, don't, 
don't complain that you can't beat everybody. Lindsay Sharp, do you think she's got a chance of getting in the she's, final and maybe a medal? Or she's definitely she's got a chance to get final. getting in the final. Um, but I would say Shalane's looking better than Lindsay this is it, year. Well, Shalane's looking better, but Lindsay's running a lot faster. So yeah, like, but so I think Lindsay gets in some of the races that Shalane. Yeah. I don't know if she hasn't doesn't want to get in or can't get in. But um, there's also it's, it's not no, about times. No, it's about no. in a championship. It's not about times. There's also that, that third person in the British team, which is Adele Tracy, which has actually spoken to us over the last. So of course you've got some bit of history with the Olympic Stadium. Yeah, um, I was lucky enough to be one of the torch bearers, torch lighters of the cauldron um, in 2012 um, in the opening ceremony of the Olympics. So that's really special for me. I've also been lucky enough to help lay down the track 2016 here as well for the um, anniversary games last year. So I've got a lot of uh, history with this stadium. <laughs> and when you um, were a torch, you lit the torch at the Olympics, which is an yeah. amazing achievement in itself. And when you were there, did you think that maybe in five years time you'd be running at the World Championships yourself? Um, I mean, I would have hoped to. Um, I guess like every athlete kind of dreams of going to Olympics, World Championships, all of that. But um, to actually be here and saying that I'm going to uh, the World Championships is a bit surreal still. So um, no, I wouldn't have thought that then. <laughs> now you've set a PB um, this year, yeah. just just outside two minutes. Yeah. Um, what are your um, expectations for the World Championships? What would you like to achieve? Yeah, I mean, I think I wanted to come into the race today and really just kind of really see what I had there um, I equaled my PB which was good but I actually felt like because it was such a bumpy race there was a little bit more there so that's really really nice and encouraging to know that I that might be a bit more there for the world championships and I've got a couple of weeks training to get a bit of momentum so it's nice to get a bit of a dress rehearsal today in the stadium and um, I think my expectations are really just to go and see what I've got and give it my best shot it's nice having fresh new tech people in the team People yeah. come up through the junior ranks, and like she was, she was holding a basket at the yeah, Olympics, yeah. yeah. and now she's actually running in the stage, same stadium. So stuff like that's really nice. Which was really Definitely. interesting, actually, because Adele's like my age group, mm. and I remember at the time she was obviously one of the quickest. She was fantastic, but there were other people that were pegged for success mm. a lot more than Adele. So I love that she was plucked and talent spotted, and she's gone mm. to deliver, which is great. She's trained really hard as well. So we'll go on to the distance race, or the distance race that we call it, the five thousand, ten thousand. In the men's side of things, I know it's pretty hard to look past Mo Farah, um, and I'm probably not going to look past him. I think he's going to win yeah. both. I mean, t- and we've talked about this before. Like, there's no one's going to step up and challenge no. him. I really hope someone does. I'd love to see someone go out to beat him, even if they come last. Mm. I'd just like someone to. Try I would something. really like someone to go out and try a totally different tactic and throw it down and then uh, Mo to beat them. Yeah, yeah, that is what I want to say. And I think that would do I want, Mo what could be. 100%. I want, this is in London. I want Mo to win both those races, but I don't want him to win both those races um, at a canter, you know? And let, don't get me wrong, I'm not accusing him of winning in a canter. Obviously, it's, he's got about 10,000 metres in it. But um, the, the other competitors do not um, contest the race like they ought to. So I really no. hope we have two fantastic races and Mo absolutely kills them on the last lap. <laughs> what, what do you reckon, how do you reckon you beat him? How do you reckon you go and beat Mo over a You make 5, him hurt. Yeah. You know? yeah. What, from scratch though? Because he's got one of the from, best times. He doesn't have, but it doesn't have to be from scratch. You have no. to throw in some successive fast laps. Yeah. You can't just throw in one. You can't just wait for the last 400. You've got to be doing it from two miles out and you've got to do it over and over and, and over again. it's got to be a team effort. And yeah, yeah, exactly. You've got to see the three Kenyans or even the three Kenyans and the three, three Ethiopians agree, you know, silently before the race, right, we're going to from what do you reckon 3,000 metres from the end from the we're going to take it in turns <laughs> and we're just going to get eyeballs out and you know maybe it, it costs us the gold yeah. Yeah. but also yeah, yeah, maybe you need to sacrifice that's, they always used to do that yeah. put, put like a spare one in to sacrifice <laughs> they, like, did, they did they did seriously it's a bit like cycling when you see like exactly, exactly. exactly. That's what it used to be like exactly. Exactly. it used to be like that but I, I reckon even then they're just going to help him run but, but absolutely possibly but, so brilliant I hope they do yeah, but, yeah. But, 
I think athletes now are more worried about their sponsors than they are about their team. Mm. Yeah. They're more worried about if I come third, I get a bronze, then I get more sponsorship money than but trying also, to get your compatriots gold medal. There's also yeah. the argument that teams don't run as um, like country affiliation. They're more conservative than actual sponsors. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you have a Kenyan and he's sponsored by the same people as an Ethiopian and maybe an Eritrean, they're more likely to run together than the three Kenyans are. And maybe people haven't quite got the message together. But no one's running together at all. No. If you're no, Kenyan selectors and you know that you're going to have three guys who are quick enough to fill those spots, make the third one a 19-year-old, a 20-year-old, someone who's gutsy, They're someone all who's 19, 20. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, pick someone really young, someone who's yeah. got championships in the future where they can go for gold, and say to them, right, we're going to pick you, but we want you to take this out at, a, at an obscene yeah. pace. Mm. We want you to, you know, scare Mo Farrow, we want you to stretch out the field. And, you know, in four years' time, you can have a go, and you mm. can be the one that but runs all, the middle of the pack. Yeah. Also, little things like... Um, when Mo's running, if he's got to constantly be on the lookout for someone breaking what's going on here and what's going on there, he's much, much better now, but he used to be really easily distracted. He used to really lose attention. Really lose attention, yeah. And he's much, much better now. But if you've got that thing, you know everyone's looking at you and everyone is trying to beat you and you're constantly getting distracted, that's got to be really draining on you mentally as well as physically. You know, They've got to try something. But having said that, we're not trying to give the Kenyan and the Ethiopian teams um, advice here, so maybe we should just shut up. Andy Bouchard in the yeah. 5K, he came sixth last year in the Olympics, sixth in the Olympics, World Championships, year on, year training, I don't know what's going to happen. He's, he spoke to us a few uh, months ago, he's a really nice guy, I really hope he does well. He's a really nice guy, but he's also he's one of those people I was talking about earlier, who has really knows how to step up to a yeah. championship, he's got his head screwed on, yeah. he knows how to run, he knows his tactics. He's not in the league of those ones who are, who are in, on a, in a Grand Prix. He's mm. not as fast as them. But in the championships... He's not quite a household name, but he was kind of there or thereabouts after Rio because we were all so delighted to see him. And he's got the nice thing, he's in races with Mo. Yeah. So he instantly is getting that bit yeah. more attention because people yeah. watch those races. And Very I think true, before yeah. a home crowd, he could do really well. Yeah, yeah and definitely. a nice, really nice guy with great personality. Yeah. So. And a porn tash. <laughs> <laughs> the women's 5,000, uh, Abiri, Debarba... Two good ones there. They're gonna, I think they're going to be between those two. Well, no, because yeah. Ayana's in it. Ayana, who Ayana's hasn't run since last year, is suddenly back in she, the team. I didn't see her on the She hasn't run all year. I know she's in the start list. Yeah, no, exactly. So no one really knows. So it's just going to. It's a mid- wild card. What yeah. could happen? I don't know. So now, but is the Barbara's not doing both? Is she doing the 15 and the 15? No, she's doing uh, the no. five and not the 15. But is Helena Beery doing both? No, Helena not doing both. Which to Barbara? No, Beery's on the game. So Gonzebi Dubai is doing both. Yeah. She's only doing the, the five. This year, which is really she's not two and she's doing the ten. Ah, she is, but next year Gonzebi is going to try around at ten. So many Dubai's everywhere. I know, they're all in the Marathon team as well, it's all Dubai. Really? It's yeah. Marathon. <laughs> they're not related, I don't think. Yeah, Helen, so I think Helen Abiri is head and shoulders above everybody in the 5,000, unless Ayana comes back in last year's form. But then she lost the Olympics in the 5,000. Yeah. So Helen Abiri for me is definitely the one in the 5,000. Right, we're going to chat about next. We're going to chat about some My throwing. Subject. Yes, your special <laughs> subject. Now, I have to say, back when I did athletics, like many, many moons ago, the only event I was ever picked for my um, team was the hammer. I was like the Z string hammer. <laughs> but I'm still to this day extremely proud. I never once came last. Oh, oh, really? I never once came last in the Z string hammer. <laughs> So in the throws, there's a couple of standout performers um, who are really taking their events to a new level. Um, Ryan Krauser in the men's shot put yeah. is phenomenal. I mean, he's done the, the furthest throw since, I think, 2003 this year, and even that one was by a drug cheat. So it's really the furthest throw for the last 20 years, or 20 plus years. So he is absolutely the favourite. But 
Joe Kovacs is well over 22 metres. Tom Walsh jumped through 22.06 at the English Championships this weekend. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> how, how much did he win by? How, I don't how, know. How many metres? I'm guessing it was a championship record as well. <laughs> <laughs> but then you've also got Ryan Whiting, you've got David Stahl, you've got O'Dane Richards from Jamaica who's, drawn, who's jumped, jumped, who's thrown 21.97. And these are all kind of the... The, the B-string. Yeah, the B... And then you've got Conrad Bukowski, Bukowski, who is so young still and ex- improving every time. So although I think Ryan Krauss is the definite favourite he's very consistent um, there's a lot of people in that event I do feel a bit about American shot booters like I do um, Kenyan steeplechases yeah, I agree. you know there's <laughs> um, like a new one comes around every year he's always six foot five a white American guy with a beard and I <laughs> can't quite keep track so like yeah, uh, I hope that Ryan Cresser stays around for a good few years and becomes like so a, a John Medina you know like, <laughs> 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 um, and in the women's shot put no well, there's a great big gaping hole, isn't there? A great big gaping royal hole. <laughs> well, she'll be back. Um, obviously, Valerie's away because she's pregnant. Congratulations. And good luck, Valerie. We, we do miss you. We miss you. <laughs> um, Come back. <laughs> she, is Christina Swanitz? Is she... I haven't seen her this year at all. Is she pregnant as well? I've, I might have well, I made that up. I've not seen her in any But she's not, she's, not, she's not competing this year. So when you've got those two very big names out... It really leaves a bit of a hole. Now, obviously, we do have the Olympic champion, Michelle Carter, who had, did rise to the occasion last year with a very good, I mean, 20 metre 50, 20 metre 60, I think, throw. But she only came third in the American trials. I don't know, if, I don't know why that was. Hasn't Gong for the first well, time? Yeah, Gong Li Zhao. Um, she, she threw 2011 last weekend. But she also threw 17 metres in the competition before. So oh. she's not... <laughs> but she's got six yeah. medals um, since 2008. Never, so she, a, think, never a gold, She's never won no. gold anyway, has she? Well, how, can, year, then. how can you win a gold with Valerie's at that? Yeah, so she... Maybe it's her year to step up. Yeah. Anita Martin, maybe, yeah. also for a medal. So it's just a little bit down. It's a bit like the um, bit like the women's triple jump, isn't it? It's kind of, you take like one person out and yeah. it becomes a bit of a... But I mean, there's two really good new Americans, Raven Saunders, I don't know, who's done... 1970 this year so I mean that's oh, but isn't it exhausting when you're like Daniel and Bunch won two in the world this year both those two yeah, yeah so but I listen mean, we're sitting like thinking it's great because someone's thrown 1970 it's yeah. like oh <laughs> basically what we're saying is come back soon Valerie yeah, yeah basically <laughs> <laughs> um, the men's discus is really the old score against it against the new guys yeah because um, the the top in the world is Daniel Stahl this year who, who threw 71-29 massive world lead massive massive throw mm. and then you're thinking there's always someone who throws a massive discus because the wind is good but he's backed it up he's won yeah. two Grand Prix um, Dan- diamond leagues two diamond leagues Grand after that Prix. and then you've got Frederick Dacras I think it's Dacras yeah. who actually we had a little chat to um, the other week and of course Frederick was the world junior champion and the world youth champion oh, really? so maybe he can step up and win the world um, world title world senior but he's against like two old school guys which is Robert Harting and Peter Marachowski yeah. who've won the last god knows how many discus championships between them so it's kind of a, a, kind of a new guard mm-hmm. coming in which has been interesting to watch gold at London 2012 yes. didn't he so he'll be loving coming yeah. back to the stadium but of course last year his brother won the discus yeah. <laughs> I, I was yeah. the guy with the medal that he gave to a taxi driver was that Robert Harton what no that was um, that's a, a I'm doing a, as you can't see because we're on a podcast I'm currently waving I'm a sure that's Robert Harton <laughs> I think if you were only Z-string with technique like that <laughs> <laughs> it was a hammer thrower I wish it was a, this was a video no, game so we could uh, we got drunk and couldn't it's get Robert back Harton. in it's, it's not it's, it's Pavel Fajek 
Oh, so Frederick, so yes, Frederick. 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 I've got a heart in my head there. Because he, he ripped his top off in... Oh, God, why? <laughs> 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 oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, just quickly go back on the discus so as a second. Yeah. Um, maybe someone can let us know how we pronounce Frederick Dakers. I think it's Dakers. You just said Dakers. Dakers. I'm sure I read somewhere that someone tweeted... He's No, someone tweeted he's um, he's Jamaican, not French. It's Dakers, not Dakers. We're used to seeing um, Jamaicans who are in the sprints. How did you get into the discus? Well, it, it all started with my little good brother, actually. He was, you know, he, he did this us and he was good. So, you know, he was all always, you know, throwing and leaving and all that. But that, that, was, that, was, them, that was them of me. And as I said, he was being delinquent. So my coach came down and to my house and said, OK, cool. He wants to talk to me, talk to my brother. And at the time, my mom told, you know, hey, my brother, um, my brother, which is me. No, my brother's brother, which is me. Sorry. <laughs> um, you know, he's... Um, they go to the same school, so oh, someone said, okay, maybe he has talent. So he saw me. He said, come try out, and I did, and I haven't looked back. Yeah. And here you are, track and field news at the moment are predicting you as the favourite for the World Championships. Uh, what are your hopes for the World Championships? What do you expect to do? Well, I just want to go there and give a good account of myself. And from my once that is done, I'm good. But what do you consider a good account? That I will not see. <laughs> What's really nice to see is though, those new countries coming through. You know, we don't have Jamaican um, discus throwers. We've got a discus thrower from um, Sweden there. That's fantastic. Yeah. And that goes along with the you know javelin throwers Kenyan javelin from Kenyan throwers. javelin yeah. throwers from Trinidad and Tobago and that. So it's really good to see that um, events diversifying. Like yeah, that. well, talking of the javelin, I mean, obviously in the past few years we have had great throwers from Kenya, from Trinidad and Tobago. There's been Egyptians getting medals or at least being up there. It's really gone back to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Germans, <about> Germans. Yeah. <laughs> Germans and the Czechs. So um, obviously t- um, Vetter through '95 or something ridiculous. I mean, like, ridiculous. Mm. But he, I, for me, he's not the favourite. Thomas Roll is still the favourite. He's been much more consistent. Has thrown over 90 metres practically every competition. But it's going. This, it's that event this year, isn't it? As I was yeah. saying earlier, yeah. we've had the triple jump, we've had the high jump in the past. This year, it's clearly the men's um, javelin, which is crazy yeah. people are throwing 87 and we're not even noticing yeah well, I mean I think probably my favourite for third is, is Vat Kleck I think that's like, and I think he either is trained by or he's Czech so um, he'll have he'll definitely I mean obviously great great throwers from Czech Republic um, and they're not backing them up maybe Keshon Walcott yeah maybe Julius Jago looks yeah, like he's 87 this year yeah so but he's, he's, uh, no. he's been throwing more at like 77 most times <laughs> but, but you just need one lucky throw, but I think that there's some very, very, very long throws in there. Talking of Czech javelin throwers on the on the women's side, uh, Babs is back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Barbara Spatarkova um, is back. She's not. I think she might. Is she number one in the world? Yes. But yeah, she might. Well, she threw the furthest in London. Before we leave the world of the javelin behind, didn't you have a chat with Barbara recently? Oh, we did. Yeah. Yeah, I feel in a very good shape. It's coming. That's what I wanted. That I start uh, not so good in the season, and it's coming better and better. Because uh, summer is in Czech, it's hot. I, I feel better, and uh, I felt very good this this day when I come into the stadium. I just recall me the memories from uh, from Olympic London because the stadium is just fantastic and. I just love the London crowd here. It's they're they're really perfect. The audience is perfect. I was going to ask you actually because you've got two Olympic golds, but you've mm. only got one um, World Championship gold. So you could ten be winning years, ten years ago. You could be winning your second uh, World Championship gold here in London, like you did your, your Olympic gold. After after ten years, that would be amazing. Yeah. So I'm going to go for it. I have to stay stay keep focus and. Uh, 
think about the next program because there is another Diamond League next week and it's very tough for me now so I have to really think good now if, if uh, uh, to train a little bit practice or, or still compete and save it for, for August because that's the peak of the season and I want to come even stronger than today last year I broke my foot in, at the end of March and I think I would be in this shape last year in Rio but it was just not me and uh, I mean they thought oh she's already Laura, old was and blah, blah, blah. but now I, I surprised them a little bit and I just I just want to finish on, on uh, finish the career on the top, on the top level. So uh, they are 14 years younger, some of them. But I feel, I feel strong like in 2008. It doesn't matter. At the beginning of talking about the throws, I said there's two people who are standouts, and the other one is Anita Vladicek. I mean, Anita Vladicek is a standout every single year. She doesn't get any of the attention she, no. attention she should. She's thrown over 80 meters. I think I read 17, 17 times. Yeah, and. But on the world all-time list, hasn't she's got like, the whole top 15 yeah. or something. I mean, yeah. something yeah. Yes, I mean, she's an absolute favourite. She's also someone who delivers at championships. She's in amazing form as well. Just this Saturday gone, she was only 11 centimetres off her own world record. Yeah. She's coming she in. She needs a nickname. Form. She does. She probably mm. does, doesn't she? Anyone out there, can we come up with a nickname, please, for um, Anita Voloshek? Yeah. yeah. Because um, she's that good. You know, we've got Queen Val, and, yeah. and Anita's just as good, but because she does that event that no one cares about, she gets really forgotten. We'll save it to the end of the year, okay? Because <laughs> but you, you know that you know there is a, a rant coming about those IWF awards. Um, <laughs> so let's just see what happens at the end of the year. But we'll, we'll save it till like November. Yeah. I mean, just talking about the hammer, Polish athletes, because um, Pavel Fajtek and the other guys, Nawicki is number one in the world. But like they're number one and two in the in the hammer. Fajtek last year won every oh. competition guy and was head and shoulders the favourite and then totally bombed out at the Olympics. So hopefully he can get it together this year to win. After them, it's, it's just not a very impressive event anymore. 78, 77 metres is right up there in the world, um, which is, it used to, you didn't get a medal under 80, under 80 metres. So mm. I don't know what's going on there. I was going to say about the women's hammer, Sophie Hitchin. Oh, oh yeah, cool. always. What, what, do you, what do you think about she's, that? She's, she's, year? she's ranked up there. She's like seventh or eighth in the world. She's third last year in the Olympics. Yeah, exactly. So, so she's very, very good when it comes to a championship. Yeah, she very, very, very rarely lets us down, does she? Right back from the, from the well. yeah. yeah, yeah. She always is on the last throw. throw. Fourth at the World Champs last time with her fifth throw. And yeah, four games as well. And even going game. back to the World Juniors. Yeah, like she's yeah. very good championship performer. So absolutely, she's in there. Yeah, absolutely in with a shout. Yeah, and same with the guys. Our guys in the hammer. It's funny to talk about this. But like, <laughs> we've got some. We've got, yeah. We have got some. When we're talking about throws of 77, 78 metres being right up there for a medal, it's not far off their PBs. So if you can get to the few, if you can get to the final and get a lucky throw out there with a home crowd, you never know. So what we were chatting about before is we could potentially go and talk about our favourite moments of the World Championships of all time. Exactly. Well, I put it on Twitter to ask people for their favourite moments and we'll read some of those out. Yeah. But what about us? What are you, what, Bayer, what's your favourite moment from the World Championships? Okay, my two favourite moments of the World Championships, and I'm going to steal them before Jodie does, <laughs> uh, because they involve the Queen, the Queen of Athletics, basically, um, the great Merlin Lottie. Um, oh. Now, if, you're, if you remember the, 
the, the um, sorry, if you remember championships back in the 90s, they were all Stop. about Stop. Merlin and Otty. It's literally, it, all that mattered was how is she going to cock it up this time? <laughs> <laughs> um, so with her bag, as was it Daly said, she can't win a gold with that bag full of bronzes on her back. Um, so in 1991, at the um, World Championship, she hadn't lost um, a sprint race for three years at that point. She was on a 30-something winning streak, managed to, or contrived to lose both the 100 and the 200. She got yeah. two bronze medals. And then she came back and won the relay. <laughs> and I don't remember screaming <laughs> so much. And she was brilliant. She did an interview afterwards. Um, I think Jodie found it recently um, but we remember it and we, we say this to each other quite a lot actually and we say well I deserve extra credit because <laughs> in typical kind of ungracious Merlin Otto fashion <laughs> when they interviewed her afterwards they said how do you feel she said I think I deserve extra credit for, for winning <laughs> the relay after losing before so there was that of course yeah. then there's also in 2003 when she finally wins sorry 1993 she was still around in 2003 yeah <laughs> in 1993 when she finally won her first individual gold I remember sitting on the TV, sitting in the settee, sorry, watching it with Jodie, and she manages to almost lose. I yeah. mean, she's winning and winning and winning and winning and then just stops running five minutes in the line, sort of waves her hands about wildly and almost loses. And I just remember Jodie screaming, Oh, for fuck's sake! Because <laughs> <laughs> he thought she'd lost again. But no, she had finally, finally won. And that's... Um, that is my favourite podium ever because the crowd went absolutely oh. mad um, and we're just screaming her name over and over and again and she kind of she's quite a shy woman isn't she yeah you know? and she couldn't quite believe that the crowd were going so mad for her but you know she what? finally That's... she finally sort of cracks a smile and waves and it's just fantastic <laughs> at last at last I am a champion of the world Merle Naughty, the Jamaican who so often promised so much has at last realised all that ambition. Right, my favourite bit. Remember back in 2003, early 2000s, when people were kind of swapping countries for all sorts of reasons? Yes. My favourite ever race of all time, Olympics, World Champs, anything, Saheed Shaheen, Shaheen <laughs> and Stephen Toronto in the men's steeplechase. So it's, it's the, it was the craziest race you'll ever see. Like, obviously, the backstory was it uh, Stephen Toronto changed his name to Saheed Shaheen. Saheed Shaheen, Shaheen. But also, Ken Boy was in that race. So, Ken Boy and Shaheen, massive battle. And what happened? Um, so, Ken Boy and uh, Shaheen. Shaheen goes for a world record in the, the race, basically. He's leading by about 100 metres, literally 100 metres. And then, with about three laps to go, Ken Boy does a flat out 100 metres over the back straight. I timed it on my watch, I was a geek as a kid. About 12 <laughs> seconds, 100 metres in the back straight, <laughs> caught him up. Then they both basically started walking. <laughs> then the whole field caught them up again, and they were basically all walking, jogging until the last lap. And then Kenboy went past Shaheen, Shaheen and Kenboy till the final hurdle. Kenboy had him over the final hurdle. Shaheen comes past him, dips him over the line, grabs a Qatar flag. Bear in mind, he's been a Kenyan his whole life, and apparently he was getting paid like a million pounds yeah. a year or something for doing it, a million dollars a year. And waving this big flag, and then Kenboy and his brother holding this Kenyan flag in second and third. Crazy race. So, was that Ezekiel Kenboy? Kenboy, yeah. He's I never realised that was Ezekiel Kenboy. Yeah. So, Saeed Saeed Shaheen, now from Qatar, the fastest time in the world this year in the 5,000 and the steeplechase, and now he wins the gold medal. He's got the Qatar flag. I wonder if he's seen that before. That's so I don't remember that race at all. My favourite race of all time. Crazy. Yeah. That's so weird. Isn't it? <laughs> right. Trust Matt to like it because that the slightly dodgy one wins. That's like, <laughs> no, I, I love that stuff. Yeah, I love anything a bit like corrupted. <laughs> it interests me. <laughs> 
<laughs> right, so what was your bit then, Jordan? Oh, God, I've just been thinking about this, and there's so many different moments I'd want to talk about, but I suppose... I've got two. I've got three. Pick one. <laughs> no, I can't Only pick one. one, definitely. Oh, God, okay, my favourite ever World Championship race is the 2000... No, the 1993 men's 5,000 metres when um, Ishmael Karui wins. Now, Ishmael Karui is the younger brother of Richard Chalimo. Richard Chalimo was one of the best 10,000 metre runners at the time. He'd got the silver at the World Championships the year before. Another Kenyan who's escaped me, whose name escapes me now, he's gone off super fast, like stupid world record pace, four minute mile pace. And you're like, what's... And everyone kind of ignored him. And, um, and then the 17 year old kind of catches up and goes, overtakes him and just goes on this insane burst. And he's got like, 40 metres, 50 metres on the crowd. And you're like, what? What's going on? <laughs> and then the crowd get into it and there's like four laps to go and the, the, the pack are catching because they've ignored him, first of all, because they don't even know who he is. And they're catching him and they're catching him and they're catching him and you're going, please hold on, please hold on. <laughs> and then at the last lap, he's still got 30 metres on the last lap and Hayley Gabriel Selassie starts a kick. <laughs> and this is the first we've really heard of Hayley Gabriel Selassie. He'd won the World Juniors the year before but he wasn't a big name. And he starts his insane kick and just fails to beat him on the line. Oh. And so Ishmael Karui is the world champion at 17 years old. It was the best race ever. It's exactly what I want someone to do to Mo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the, the brilliant thing is, in, in 1995, he comes back and he wins again, this time in a sprint finish. So it was a really, a just really, really cool um, event for me. The stadium is alight. Everybody's on their feet. This has been a magnificent race. And Karui leads... Kedra Selesi's after him. Karui's hanging on. The 18-year-old. It's one of the greatest victories of all time. That's as good as you'll ever see. All right, Claire, what's your favourite bit of all time in the World Championships? Okay, well, because I'm such a baby, mine is quite a lot more recent than those amazing sort of historic races. But mine's 2011. Um, and it's Sally Pearson's goal oh, in the hurdles because do you remember there was this weird hoodoo theory about the curse of the program cover? Day yeah, one, we were there. We got yeah. a, I've got a side program of her. Amazing. So day day one, Steve Hooker doesn't even qualify for the pole vault final. Day two, Usain Bolt gets disqualified. Day three, Robles goes out of the hurdles. People are like crashing and burning. <laughs> And then it's day eight, and only one person who, who's meant to have won, who's been on the cover of the programme, has won. Sally Pearson, 12.28, leads from gun to take, championship record, finishes the race, arms aloft, looking amazing with that amazing beam that she's got, goes to the nearest person in the crowd, takes their programme and stomps on it. <laughs> In her spikes, and then in her interview, and I need to find this interview, it's so good. Someone asks her from the BBC about the programme curse, and in her Aussie accent, which I won't do a dis- I can't do it. <laughs> Not with this voice. She goes, Oh, screw the bloody curse. <laughs> I wasn't going to let it stop me winning. And it's, it's the most Sally Pearson thing ever, and it's so defiant. And also, it was, it was an amazing hurdles race. Such a good choice. And the winning time 12.28. She's gone faster again. That is one of the fastest runs of all time. Can I just do a little mention of when Christina Hoge won in 2007 yeah. and I did an, an involuntary roly-poly across my living room? I couldn't help I couldn't help myself. Can <laughs> I say, actually, it's really interesting because we've just, us here, four Brits, and we've just chosen our favourites of all time. Yeah, true. None of them are British, apart from like Jodie put her last one in the end. But isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah. Mm. That it shows that, you know, I suppose how much we love athletics 
overall yeah. rather than just like you know the British athletes. And we could all we could all pick a British one as well easily, but you know it's just great that we did that. So back back straight boys. Back straight boys. Yes. yes. Yeah. We're not the nineties boy band. Okay. I was just making sure I understood what you were saying. It's the back straight boys. Okay. Yep. Hi, this is Sandy Morris, and you're listening to the Back Straight Boys. Like a pro. Thank Good. you very much. Thanks <laughs> so a lot. Last night we were discussing our favourite moments, and we thought actually let's turn turn to the fans because we are you know fans ourselves. So let's hear what everyone else out there thinks. And we asked our followers on Twitter what they thought their favourite World Champs moments were. Uh, what what were the best findings, guys? Claire, I didn't know we were going to get inundated. <laughs> <laughs> I promised I'd read them out on on the podcast, but there's so many. So I'm going to read out like the, the really popular ones and our favourite ones, and then I'm going to retweet everybody else's just so you know we did we did read them. Thank you very much. So I think my favourite one, and got a lot of lot of response on Twitter, was from at Duncan Nealon. He said, "I'm just this once. I'm going to say this person's name because it's in a negative context." Exactly. Gatlin losing in Beijing. That's my favourite moment in sport ever. In fact, it's my favourite moment ever. And I'm married with two kids. <laughs> So, yeah. oh, a, I mean, I screamed the house out, and there's a video of me <laughs> sat in my pants. <laughs> no, I'm not showing it to anybody. Screaming, and, like my boyfriend literally not having a clue what's going on. And then there was the, there was Steve Cram's amazing commentary, yeah. which clearly had planned, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, wasn't it glorious? Oh, I'm sitting there reliving it now. You should see it. We're all like grinning from ear to ear. Right. Um, I've got a great one here because you know sometimes we always think great moments are about winning, and they're not necessarily. We have really great moments of people, you know, just doing their very best and this is a prime prime example of that um our good friend um stephen mills who's at trackside 2017 he says i will never forget reiko toza running herself to exhaustion to win the bronze in the marathon in 2007 japan's only medal of the championships oh my god i've just got to watch it. i don't know if you can find it on youtube but this woman can barely stand but she knows it's the last possible chance last for, um, day of last, last day of the championships last possible chance for um japan to get a medal oh my god she can barely do it and literally to this day i if i'm running even like a 5k and i think i can't finish i think of reiko toys in my house in my head but if she can do it in 40 degree heat you know then i can bloody well run three miles and that's, um, that's the influence of sport. Yes. <laughs> what was also really nice, I put this toy out and it got a little bit of a life of its own and some legendary athletes got involved. Yeah, some blue tits <laughs> down the feed. It was very exciting. Um, it was really nice. Um, our good friend, Neil McD- um, at Neil McDonough, he said, mine is Liz McColgan, 1991. Tokyo is my first memory of athletics. Oh. Lots of people said Liz. Yeah. But what was really nice is Liz, um, Liz <laughs> replied and said, thank you very much um, to, to Neil for that. But then I also... She gave, she let us know her favourite one as well, didn't she? She didn't. Did. She says Sally Gunnell, 400 metre hurdles win. So Sally, if you're listening, we need yours now. <laughs> and you've now got to say Liz, or otherwise that's not fair. <laughs> Lots of people said <laughs> Sally though as well. Chrissy Ahorogu is massively popular champion. Yes. It's everyone going nuts about her. Chris Akabusi got involved. <laughs> did you really? What yeah. did you say? So Sean Pickering, at Sean Pickering, who is his dad, was obviously Ron Pickering, and his mum, um, Jean Pickering, who ran the Pickering Trust and was also a, a very a, a European champion in long jump herself. So he's got very good um, pedigree. Um, he tweeted it was about the men's four by one in 1991 when we beat the Americans. Lot, that was very popular. Chris Akabusi said that's his favourite moment as well. So <laughs> Jenny Meadows got involved as well. Someone said that her, her medal in 2009. Sorry we haven't got time to do any more. There's so many here, but I'm going to retweet everybody so you can all read and see all the favourite moments from, from the World Championships back since 1983. 
and across the whole world champs actually please stay in touch with us this is a dialogue this podcast you can find us at uh, let's think Matt is at Matt Woody Wood yep. I'm at Claire underscore G Thomas you boys have got a new Twitter handle <laughs> same account new Twitter handle we changed it it's at the backstreet B you can't get the boys in at the backstreet B stop it's not oh backstreet B oh yeah backstreet B <laughs> <laughs> My name's no <laughs> So that's us at Backstraight B, yeah? Details in the description for this pod. Right, that's it for today, guys. I hope you enjoyed the Backstraight Boys. It's the World Championships obviously coming up, so we're going to try and do as much content as we can over the next few weeks. We'll be sitting at home, at the stadium, in the park, <laughs> podcasting. Everywhere. <laughs> right, guys, thanks very much. See you later. Bye. Bye. Enjoy 2017. <laughs>